Welcome to another episode of the MediaCast for the Funkit Pod here. It's Friday. This means we're looking back at what happened in the media and maybe also are able to check out a few media theories that you want to know more about or that you heard over the past few weeks and that you requested me to explain a little bit. All within the next 25 to not more than 30 minutes to keep it short and, well, digestible, right? After all, it's Friday. So let's start with a few media news. And the first news that I want to talk about is not necessarily something that affects media, but then again, it does. Uh, whatever. No, there's no way to phrase that smartly, but I just am a fan of it because I'm a geek uh, by heart. We are on Mars. By we, I mean uh, NASA, of course, is just landed on Mars early this morning at the time of the recording. Um, a new Mars rover is on there, um, now e equipped, first landed in a completely different area, I believe. And the oatmeal has a great webcomic explaining what's different with this uh, Mars rover uh, mission this time. So it landed differently. It landed like kind of autonomously, meaning it was hanging off a crane. That's how they try to visualize it. So I picked the place where it actually lands by itself. Um, and then it has a helicopter drone on board that can hover, fly and give like a better overview of what's happening. It can, I believe, travel up to 200 meters. My American friends are 7,000 feet, I don't know, 200 and 200 meters uh, per day, which is not that far, but hey, it's something, right? And uh, I think that's, it also tries to, I think, transform CO2 into a breathable oxygen. And it will try to collect stuff um, and make this ready for a planned mission that will take things back to Earth. Aliens. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty exciting, to be honest. Um, if, if you're one of those people who said, ah, it's all fake, um, why would they fake it? like a Mars mission that no one really talks about, like, right? It's cool, I think. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what that brings. Um, you can follow the new Mars rover on Twitter, or just like you could follow the old one on Twitter, of course. Just a cool achievement for, for science. Science, bitch. Um, if you know where this quote is from, shout out in the comments, let me know. Okay, what else is new um, over this past week? Well, G'day mate, <laughs> my mates down there in Australia. Um, Australia, we talked about them before, right? Um, so no, it's not only famous because there are 7 billion different animals that can kill you, but also because they're trying to kill Google and Facebook and so on. And this is exaggerated. And no, I'm not uh, paid by Mark or um, Google. They're not trying to kill them. They're just trying to get paid. So we talked about the, the media, I for, even forgot the name, the Media Act that they proposed in Australia, which would mean that if you, as a business, would share content by other content creators, such as, like the, such as I know anything from News Corp, for example, more on this in a second. So if you're Google and you have search results and you share search snippets from another content creator means you share their content, therefore you have to pay them. Google first said, if you really go through this, we're out. Then Google said, uh, well, maybe we shouldn't be out and let's just find a way around and let's, let us just pay you money so that we can still use those excerpts, those snippets. That's what actually happened. So I asked on Twitter, um, hey guys, so what do you think? Did Google cave or what's happening? 
most of the responses were like, no, Google is smart, they have the money, why shouldn't they be doing it? Um, in comparison, Facebook said, no, F this. So there are no news right now on Facebook, no Australian news. So Australian news sites cannot share any news content on Facebook right now. So if you get your main news from Facebook, if Facebook is your main source for news in Australia, first, I'm sorry for you. Secondly, I'm sorry for you because you don't see any news anymore. Um, that's very interesting. They also said, and it's very dr drastic, right? Dramatic um, step there by Facebook. Uh, they all, both parties said they're still in talks. Australia said they're in talks. Um, the Facebook spokesperson said they're in talks. They, they think they can figure something out. Um, but for now, it's just like trying to figure out or trying to prove who's got the bigger leverage. And yeah, let's see, let's see um, where this goes. Kind of funny though. Maybe right now Facebook is a healthier place in Australia. More cat pictures, more child, more like nothing creepy, you perverts, like baby pictures or something like this. Um, also, however, um, I read a few concerns and I shared them that if there are no real news sources out there anymore in Australian Facebook, then it's easier for random blog posts that are not classified news to, to um, come to the surface. And maybe it's easier for fake news now to spread as well in Australia. Right? So that's, that's something interesting to consider. And I think that's also one of the reasons why they have to come to an agreement there eventually. Uh, because, I mean, you don't want the misinformation to take over Australian Facebook landscape, right? Um, also interesting that this media code and like what, what Google now does, basically Google created a new, a new tab within the news section, which is called news showcase yep showcase i just checked my notes um where they will showcase news from those corporations that they pay for so they can still showcase their news um of course those news corporations now they benefit dramatically from like news corp for example rupert murdoch in australia who owns like sky and whatnot they get a how to say that academically correct, um, a shitload of money now from Google, obviously. Um, so the more money you already have and make, the more you get paid from Google because the wider you reach and so the more you get paid, right? <clears throat> so it's kind of like, and correct me if I'm wrong, please I'll share your thoughts. So it's kind of, if you already have an audience, now you get paid more money so that Google can still use your content. If you're small and struggling, you don't want to fight with Google anyways. So you're like, yeah, Google use my content. I just want to reach an audience. But now Google says, nah, nah we just focus on the big ones and pay them. Hmm. Should there be an opt-in and opt-out for like corporations for Facebook, for example? Should corporations be able to say like, mate, I, I, don't, I don't want your money. Just let me in. Huh. But then, of course, peer pressure or like c competitor pressure could lead to everyone being in again and they feel like they're forced and it's not fair. Huh. So I'm not a big fan of this media act, um, media code, I think. Then again, I understand it. So I'm not like all capitalist and so on. So I understand, of course, you want to get paid if Google uses your content and especially if Google uses the content to show it and then people won't click on, on the link because they got the information already and they don't need to go to your website. So. I understand it, but I think there must be some smarter way, some better middle ground there to, to figure this out. I think I'm gonna discuss this with some of my classes and let's see maybe if we can, let's see if we can fix, if we can fix Australia for you guys. Uh, I, I shall get back to you uh, once we fix Australia, hopefully after, after next week or so. 
Man, what is interesting here, though, I believe is that, um, well, now there are like different stances by Facebook, which is right now like now nah, we are not caving here. Um, we are standing our ground. We are not caving to Wall Street. We are not paying anything. Uh, if you play that game, then let's see. I, I think you're bluffing. So uh, we just take our business somewhere else. And Google is like, no, we don't want to risk that. Um, here's the money. Let us in there. Uh, yeah, interesting, I believe. Uh, let me know what you think about this, about this whole media code. If you are from Australia, even a uh, shout out. I would be really, really curious to hear your, your thoughts. And how is Facebook right now? Is it all like calm and welcoming and just all good vibes and sunshine? Or is it all fake news, misinformation and lots of QAnon stuff on there? Um, so curious to hear that. Uh, yeah, so what's next? I think they all have to come together at a table. Um, but Google's gonna shell out more money and just make the Google News Showcase thingy uh, work. <laughs> if you read the Google blog post, by the way, I just shared it on Twitter, at uh, fun on Twitter. Mm, they make it sound like a super cool new, I don't know, uh, invention. Like, hey guys, we just came up with this news showcase. It's really cool in in, in days uh, or in a, in a time where the, the news um, I know passing by so fast we have this new thing it's because it didn't have another chance google <laughs> let's let's be honest here right uh, just saying and facebook uh, let's see so let me know what you think uh, about this whole thing it's fair that they get paid or is it like again the big the big guys taking all the cake and then for the small ones they're le left uh, out there uh, out to dry and yeah weird times interesting times and like i said we will try to fix it in class <laughs> All right, what else, what else did we see this past week or what happened? And um, well, let me discuss a thing that happened here in Thailand for a second. So Clubhouse is eventually taken off here in Thailand and apparently everybody that's got an iPhone or an iPad now also has access to Clubhouse here. So congratulations and welcome. Feel free to follow me at Um So yeah, Clubhouse, uh, enough of the shameless self-promotion. What's happening? So. Thais are very eager to share their political opinions, but as you might be familiar with um, some of the Thai laws and so on, it's rather difficult to really talk, talk honestly and openly about everything because you're not allowed to criticize certain aspects of life, for example. Uh, and apparently some are crossing those borders on Clubhouse uh, because they think it's a new social platform and it's voice only so no one can see me, but you have to sign up with your real name. So it's and you probably have your real picture on and even if you don't have a picture you have a name and you can still be tracked even if you use a fake name you can still be tracked obviously so just to think that hey it's just voice and no picture and i can say anything i want is of course difficult and now the thai government actually um, sent out a warning like hey we know about this new social media platform uh, just be aware we're listening um don't go overboard here because uh, you can get in trouble there as well and while I obviously sympathize with freedom of speech and, and, and so on, because that's what, what we're about, uh, I want to also urge people just to be smart here, because you know what's happening if you, if you um, post certain things on, so, on social networks. Uh, Clubhouse is no different, right? Unfo I mean, unfortunately, hmm. Clubhouse is no different. So it's another social network. If you say something that your country, no matter where you are, if it's Thailand or any other country, doesn't allow you to post, then you're in trouble, right? So just be aware, just because it's voice doesn't mean it's any different to Facebook, Twitter, and so on. 
there can still be repercussions. So uh, please be aware of it. I'm still looking forward to like lots of open discussions, as open as they can be, especially in regards to media, all things media and so on, on Clubhouse. So I hope you join me there and I hope I see lots of you guys. Um, we're going to start a Clubhouse room as soon as we approve to do to do so, um, rather soon as well. So this should be fun, I hope. Um, what else do we have in the news though? Well, <laughs> Bill Gates, he said he thinks um, Donald Trump should be allowed back on, on Twitter. And I've seen and, and heard lots of talks and discussions here. And I think I would kind of agree, wouldn't I? Well, here's the thing, right? So Twitter apparently said he can go back on Twitter um, or he was allowed to go back on Twitter under the circumstances that he's not the president anymore and that if he would run again, they would ban him again. What is this? <laughs> it's not a clear rule. It's like, if you do this, then you do. No. So either ban him for good or let him go, come back, whatever. But not just like this threatening, like, we've got the power. That's a bit, that's a bit weird. That's a bit annoying. It makes like Jack Dorsey, like now the, the most powerful person in the universe, uh, which is a bit weird in my opinion. Um, what do I personally think about it in case anyone asks or anyone wonders? Um, yeah, freedom of speech. So let him be on Twitter as long as he doesn't incite any mass demonstrations that leads to death again. But that's in the thing that, that you cannot um, predict. So, yeah, but if, if, US, if, if the US is based on freedom of speech and all of those things, I mean, you kind of have to. But then again, you're Twitter and you're like, we don't want our platform to be used for this. Also fair enough, right? I like that there's like no black and white, no, no completely right or wrong. Um, so you can see both sides. For now, I would, I would say if uh, Twitter doesn't ban, I don't know, any Pakistani or I don't know, Iraqi leader or anyone who is inciting or trying to incite anything, then, I mean, treat Trump the same way, right? He can have a warning on there and then that's it. But other than that, maybe it's important that people can actually hear him and see what he's about to make up their, their minds. Because otherwise they wouldn't believe if you say, hey man, Trump is about this and this. They're like, oh no, come on, never. So uh, maybe it, it would make sense. Also, why is he still so relevant? I don't think that he's gonna play another big role in politics. I think he's happy that he's out there, um, out of it and probably focuses on his entertainment business again, rather than um, Politics probably run running back another I don't know few shows uh, series of the of the Empire a uh, few seasons uh, Empire the Apprentice sorry few seasons of the Apprentice just to get back into like the entertainment circle because I think that's what he enjoys more uh, obviously and then just the odd appearance on on a Fox or something like this. So then there are a few more things that I would quickly like to discuss here. Um, one of them is I'm in a in a scholarship program, so to speak, right now when it comes to ed uh, higher education. So for educators out there, listen up. I, I'm happy to hear some opinions. So it's called Innovative Teaching Scholars Program by Stanford University. So I'm very, very glad, very happy and appreciative that I'm in there. And so we're trying to figure out like how to, well, be more innovative with teaching. And we have to, we have to run experiments in our own classes. And I'm doing an experiment right now with my first year class, which might have been a mistake to pick a first year class because the students in the first year just aren't that used to like this free thinking, free flow thinking just yet. So um, that could prove a bit difficult. Actually, it did prove a bit difficult already. Um, 
but hear me out first. So my ideas, um, take them out of the average normal classroom setting. And right now, unfortunately, the classroom setting means it's all online. And I thought, okay, they have all classes on MS Teams or on Zoom all day long. So this is rather boring. So maybe there's a way to get them out of this and make them do something else. So my idea was, okay, it, this class is new media studies class, right? So um, I talked with them about lots of theories already. And so I thought, okay, this time we do something more fun. You pick a new media related topic, anything that we discussed in class or anything that you heard out there, like for example, Wall Street bets is kind of related, right? Um, uh, I don't know, TikTok and Tesla could be related, anything. And then you tell a story, you explain this topic using a certain new media platform. For example, you discuss um, Wall Street bets on TikTok or you discuss, I know, Tesla and TikTok on Clubhouse or whatever. Okay, so that was, that was the idea. And I thought, hey, that's a cool idea. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, and a few groups ran with it. They created like some really cool TikToks about certain topics, for example, that, that made sense. But then a few groups were also stuck for a while. They're like, oh, what are we supposed to do now? Can you just tell us to this, to this, to this, to this? And then I came to realize, okay, maybe it's because, A, maybe it was too ambitious, but B, um, that students in the first year, especially here in Thailand, they're coming from high schools. And in Thailand, high schools are very much like sit down, listen, and follow orders. And it's, it's very strict in, in most schools. And so they're not used to this, like, exploring by themselves and coming to conclusions and then discussing those conclusions. And then that's where you actually gain the knowledge. Um, so that was a learning there. So um, I'm now thinking, like, how can I adjust this experiment and maybe run it in a second or third year class or something like this to make it a bit more engaging? So if you are an educator or if you're a student and you're like, hey, I want to have cooler classes too and you have any ideas uh, please just reach out in the comments um, send me a dm on any social media profile twitter at say fun uh, do it on clubhouse uh, instagram wherever uh, i'm really i'm really happy to get some some feedback because i want to make classes more fun especially uh, with covid raging and classes still being online okay um, then there are two more things Three more things, so many more things, but very, very short things. Um, one podcast recommendation of, of the week, um, The Fighter and the Kid. And I can't believe I'm actually saying this because I used to like it show. Then I hated it when, when Brian Callen left. Brian Callen, like a stand-up comedian. He used to have like a show with like a former MMA fighter, Brandon Schaub. And it was kind of funny because Brian Callen, I think, is a very, very, very smart person, very well-read and has like some really great insights while still being very, very funny. Then he kind of got canceled because of some allegations that were unproven and so on. Not going into this. Um, don't want to get canceled, just right off the bat. <laughs> but nothing was proven. So he has his own podcast now and so on, but he left that show because the sponsors weren't like com comfortable anymore. Like, oh, you're just allegations and uh, we can't really have this on the show. So he left the show for his friend and then um, was gone for like, you know, maybe six months or so. Now he came back as a guest And it was as hilarious as ever. So if you want to laugh, have a good laugh, aren't easily offended because it's definitely not PC all the time, um, but also listening to some very smart insights uh, about life, things that matter as you get older. I think it's just listening to Brian Callen is just um, very often very educating while also very, very, very funny. So that's my podcast recommendation of the day. 
there's also a video recommendation of the day because I, I, I recommended the, or I used this video for one of my classes. And we discussed postmodernism in, in, in one of my classes now. Um, looked into a little bit what Jordan Peterson is saying, why he's hating on postmodernism. Looked at like the other side of like why others are in favor of post, the postmodern approach. And then also started to analyze media texts, like text meaning like not only text, but also videos, movies, shows, and whatnot, right? So we analyzed them like, why are they the way they are? Um, why are they using different styles in there? What messages are they sending? Who's the target audience and so on. And then one of my favorite videos ever, I think, is uh, Bo Burnham, uh, also used to be stand-up comedian, now movie director, um, and he was like from his last stand-up act ever, and it's called Can't Handle This, where he takes like a Kanye Westish approach, um, like the lights and everything, and like just being on stage and trying to rant, and he's like, hey, I'm, I saw this like Kanye West show, and I'm gonna do this right now, and then he starts very silly, and people are laughing, and then it turns really serious, eventually talking about mental health and, and so on, and then it ends with a mic drop moment. And so I, I use this as an example so that students can analyze hey, how is he going from A to B to C and what messages are there and what, what stylistic approaches is, is he using? And while I then picked this example, I realized how amazing it actually is, like how great of, an, of a media text it is. So if you're looking for a video that makes you ha, smile, and then also go oh and think, check out Bo Burnham, uh, can't handle this. I think one of the best media texts, I'm using this, this, this phrase right now, um, ever. Best, one of the best views on YouTube ever, period. Bo Burnham can't handle this. Okay, now one last thing, because I always get asked um, if I can explain a few more theories. Uh, well, that, that comes with the job, right? Okay, and so this past week, <laughs> we discussed, we, find, we, we wrapped up postmodernism and all of those things, and we discussed uh, Sean Baudrillard's uh, idea of, of postmodernism and mainly focused on the idea of the hypersimilitude and um, hyper truth. So that, that's what he, what he basically came up with. And he also came up with the word simulacrum. So now, of course, students go like, simulacrum, hypersimilitude, hyper truth, what's wrong? So, Let's talk about the simulacrum first, because if you just Google simulacrum, there will be different definitions. So we focus on what Baudrillard is saying about the simulacrum. And he says, well, in current society, right, and that's what he said back then already, he said in current society, there is no real reality, because everything that we see in the media is not raw information. So we're not making up our own mind. It's all processed information already. It's all not reality. It's hyper-reality. Right, so we see images of things like the way people want us to see it. You, on Instagram, you see influencers in the way they want you to see it, not like how their real life actually is. If you watch the news, you see the news in a way that CNN wants you to see the news or Fox, not the way it actually is. Right, so this is like hyper-reality. And then he says, okay, this transition from reality to this then hyper-reality thing, how we actually see the world later on, this is what we call simulacrum. So this movement from A to B, this transitioning into hyper-reality is called simulacrum, according to Baudria. He also heavily relies on the definitions between symbolic and semiotic exchanges. So he, semiotic means like the meaning of things and symbolic is 
you'll see something and you know what it is. And he says the symbolic exchange, the symbolic communication yeah, via symbols is the raw, straightforward one, the real one. But these days, everything we do, everything you see has meaning already. So there is no symbolic exchange communication. It's all like semiotic. Everything has an attached meaning to it. No matter what you do, what you see, everything that you see in the media already has meaning because it's already processed and it's being chewed up by someone and they tell you what you have to think or what you should be thinking, feeling and so on. So basically what, what he's saying is everything that we see is not real. It's a simulation, hyper-reality um, and the simulacrum is how this is happens. And simulacra, he also says, um, are copies of this hyper-reality concept. So we see something that is not real, like the processed picture, so to speak, and then we take this as real and then we pass it on. So that's, this is basically what, what Sean Baudrillard is telling us here. And this thing of replicating the fake reality and making us believe that this fake reality is actually real, this is then what he calls hypersimilitude or hypertruth. Does it make sense? I hope that makes sense. If not, come join my class. I will actually have some videos explaining this in more detail as we move on. I might just link them. I don't think I will upload it to this channel because it might be too confusing for people who don't study media stuff. Um, but if you're into this, hit me up, check out um, the post next week. I will, uh, on my Twitter maybe, I will post lots of, lots of explanations in regards to hypersimilitude and hyperreality. And I will also take on Jordan Peterson, unfortunately not in person, but like his, his theories and hopefully also be able to explain a little bit about this, um, why he says what he says and how we can maybe meet somewhere in the middle if possible, or maybe I get completely um, annihilated by his arguments that he made over the past years already. Um, yeah, so let, let's, if you, let's see about this. If you have more questions about media theory, um, analyzing media context, uh, wanting to know more about like why certain things happen in the media or why my German accent sometimes comes through, as usual, I'm very excited. Um, please do shout out. I'm happy to, to discuss all things media. That's it for this week. Still below 30 minutes. You're welcome. Have a fantastic weekend and I can't wait to see what's happening next week in our hyper reality. <laughs> Until then, take care and I'll see you soon.